Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Star Trek, the pod directive, the official Star Trek podcast. I am one of your hosts, Paul F. Tompkins. I am Tawny Newsom. I'm also part of the hosting team here. <laughs> Very well paraphrased. Thank you, Tawny. Thank you. It takes a village. It does. A village of two. Here we are again with another uh, episode. We had a great chat with who do you want to say? <laughs> Well, first, we had a great chat with the absolute legend, Dawn Lewis. She plays our Lower Decks Captain Freeman. Maybe you know her as Jaleesa from A Different World. Many of her, I mean, she's been Storm for, I feel like, as long as Storm has existed. That's not true, but it feels like it's true. Uh, she's a, an absolute legend of, of stage, screen, voiceover, all things. And she plays my mother on Star Trek Lower Decks. Spoiler, if you haven't seen the first episode of the first season of Lower Decks. <laughs> and then uh, we have another guest, Paul. Who do you want to say it is? Well, Tony, our other special guest is also a mother and is also a mother of you. But in real life, it's your mom, Stephanie, who joined That's us. True. It, it was you and your, your mom and your TV mom. And I could not have been more delighted to be standing over in a corner overhearing your conversation. <laughs> it was so sweet and so nice. And I took a I took a sneaky little screen capture while oh. Dawn was praising you to your mom and your face Aww. as you were listening to that was extremely precious. And I'm so glad I got to witness that moment. <laughs> I'm glad you took a picture. I I wanna say, first of all, my mom is a huge Trekkie. She mm -hmm. you'll hear in this episode. She has watched everything through, every series through multiple times. Yeah. Um, she loves the new stuff. She will call me before I've had a chance to watch Discovery or Picard and start instantly spoiling things for me. And I'm like, Ma, I'm busy. I don't have time to watch it yet. <laughs> um, she has seen the series Enterprise through at least four times. It's mm -hmm. her favorite series. So I was like, oh, it makes so much sense to have her come on. If my timing is correct, I think we're releasing this on or around Mother's Day. What I did not calculate <laughs> was how intensely embarrassing, not her, she's not embarrassing, but how just embarrassing it is for me to have my sweet mom who wants to say nice things about me and then sweet Don Lewis who plays my mom who also said nice things. It mm. felt insane. I was like, why did I invite people on to compliment me? This was not the goal. <laughs> but it was bound it was, to happen. It was wild. It was bound to happen and it's really wonderful and I, I think it's so nice that you and your mom have that uh, 
Star Trek bond, like to have a thing like that with a parent is really nice that it's it's a piece of pop culture that you can yeah. both share because it's not always that way. You know, you don't not everybody gets that. I mean, for me and my mm-hmm. for me and my dad, it was SCTV. We used to watch SCTV together. My and, you know, my my dad was like a very quiet guy. He was not a very uh, boisterous personality. So it was hard to connect with him with things like this. So to have that show to watch together and know that like, that's our thing is it's such a good feeling. It's such a good feeling. And it was really wonderful to sitting back and letting you guys have that conversation. The three of you was really, I'm, I'm just so glad I was there for this. Oh, well, I'm glad you were there too, just to uh, offset some of my my deep embarrassment. Um, <laughs> no, but they were so lovely. I love Don Lewis. It's been um, so great to work with her on Lower Decks. And it's been a little sad that we haven't had more like together time, yeah. partially because of COVID, but also because of just the insane like over talk nature of improvising and doing comedy for voiceover. Yeah. You don't get a lot of like clean audio. So we didn't get to do a ton of stuff together. The few scenes we did do together were amazing. I think we did... Um, some arguing scenes for episode 104 uh, when she's like telling me to pick a different rock to Mm -hmm. do something with. We did that together. The other thing, so the weird thing about my mom being a Trek fan is that when I was in high school, I think her thing was Voyager. I think that was around the timing of like what we were all kind of watching together. So I very much saw her as a Janeway type because my mom's really tough. (laughs) In this interview, she sounds so like sweet and cute, but Mm -hmm. she's like a tough person. You know, we grew up on a ranch. We did projects together. So it was interesting. I've always felt like Kate Mulgrew and Janeway was kind of like a surrogate mother figure because of that. Uh Uh-huh. And yeah, and but it's interesting now. So I always thought of that as her favorite Trek, but I think her favorite one is actually Enterprise. And she talks a little bit about why. And it really, it, it endears me to the to the series, the series mm-hmm. which isn't my top, but yeah, it made me like it more. Did it make you like it more after listening to her talk it about did, it? It did, yeah. It, it is funny that um, how that can happen, that somebody can reframe your perspective of a piece of uh, a piece of art, a show, a movie, whatever, by seeing something in it that maybe you did not see in it. Mm-hmm. And I've had that happen to me before where I and I'm and I'm glad to say that I've done that for other people where I will talk about something that somebody didn't like and say, oh, I, I like it because it, it feels like this to me. And then like, I never thought about it like that. Yeah. And yeah, it's a it's a cool thing. And it to me, it speaks to just how deep art can be and and the that the levels are there for everybody to interpret and that you can discover new things uh, that you that either you you weren't in a place to see or that you were, you know, not inclined to see at the time. I, you know, it's, it's wonderful. That's, that's what's wonderful about, about drama, about just any creative endeavor that there's, you know, there's different perspectives to be had. It's, it's a really cool thing. Yeah. Um, I also got some of that from Don Lewis because her perspective about the original series made me excited to go back and and continue my watch through so I can finally say that I've I've seen every episode of Trek once I finish the original series. I think that'll be true. But yeah, her talking about being a little girl and how that was kind of an exciting, illicit thing to stay up and watch, um, it made me excited to kind of see it through her eyes. And Dawn, if if our listeners have never seen her as herself in anything before, she is a real a firecracker. She is Oh a, yeah. She is so she's so much fun. She's she's a real personality, <laughs> man. Um and it was a blast. Like I'd never met her before and to to get to 
to, to, <laughs> to just witness uh, the event that is Don Lewis was very exciting. <laughs> that is a great way to put it. Don Lewis is <laughs> an event and you are all now invited to partake in it. <laughs> I hope you got your tickets. Here we go. The Don Lewis event <laughs> right after uh, right after this little break. Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount Plus. Yes! So here we are with two moms for me. That's right. Tony's moms are here. I got a real mom and a TV mom. So yeah, my real mom, Stephanie, is on our Zoom with us. Hi, mom. Hello. Hi. Hi, sweetie. <laughs> and then my only TV mom I've ever had, Aww. the incredible Don Lewis, the absolute legend. Thanks for being my TV mom. <laughs> it is absolutely my pleasure. Those are some of my favorite episodes when you and I get to go at it and then kind of halfway make up and they're like, yeah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> nah. nah. I also like that through the magic of animation that that somehow Don Lewis can play my mom when we're not far enough apart in age for that to actually work. <laughs> That's Hollywood, baby. Yeah. The magic of animation. <laughs> it is such a pleasure to read to meet your real mom. Okay, I'm just gonna okay, Tawny, close your ears. You can't hear any of this. Okay. <laughs> All right. Stephanie, yes, your ma'am. daughter is an absolute joy. She is so talented. She is so spirited. She's got so much light and love and generosity right. about her. This is our first time really working together, but just the experience from the day that we first met has just been absolutely beautiful. So much love and congratulations yes. to you for raising such, such a special human being. Oh, that's really. sweet. And I'll never, ever say that to her. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you that I'm glad that the rest of the world's finally figuring that out because I've known that yeah. for quite some time. Yeah. So thanks for catching up, people. Oh, this is, it's always just a matter of time. We're only one gig away that's from right. people recognizing just how amazing we are. Right. Yep. That's right. No, thank you. She is, she is amazing. And uh, like I said, I've known forever that she's been amazing. But if I say those things, I get cut off. So thank you, TV mom, for putting that out there. <laughs> no worries. And no, you didn't just see me wipe tears away oh, from I my know. eyes. Oh, Shut up. Okay. No, I feel teary. Watch the eyelashes, Dawn. I know. Shh. Right? Shh. <laughs> People think they're really mine. What are you doing, <laughs> Stephanie? <laughs> Nobody's wearing their real eyelashes in Hollywood. I'm just going to let everyone <laughs> listening to this know. If you see television, those are not those people's real eyelashes. Okay. All right. Um, thank you both. This is, I didn't, this was my plan to have you both on here, and I didn't realize how adorable and embarrassing this was going to be. Um, so <laughs> thank you both. Paul, why don't you ask a question? <laughs> I will. Um, Paul, it's none of your business. Don, <laughs> I'm Dawn, when you play, uh, do you feel a maternal instinct when you are the mother of a character towards the actor? You know, absolutely. Yeah, I do. Um, I do anyway, just as a as as a human being. I think that's <laughs> just part of my nature because I know what it's like for me growing up. I was always the youngest. Mm -hmm in the room. Mm -hmm. And then somewhere along the way, I became the adult mm -hmm. in the room, um, which I often still don't feel like, to be honest with you. I'm one <laughs> of the biggest kids that I, I know. But when I'm working 
with um, actors, I have a sense of you can do this. And I'm so excited for you and this journey that you were on. And isn't what we get to do amazing? So I come at it from that perspective. Tawny doesn't need any help, any direction, <laughs> any any encouragement from me because she's she's already possesses so much. But whatever I can do or whatever I can bring to the table as someone who's been there a few steps ahead of her to be supportive and encouraging to her, that's what I want to do as an actor. Mm-hmm. Because I know what it meant to me to have the actors who came before me participate with me in that manner. It means everything. As one of their peers. It means, it means everything. everything. As one of their peers and not just you're the next kid, you know, follow mm-hmm. me because I'm I'm the pro. Yeah. It's none of that. I wasn't, fortunately, there are some people I work with that act that way, mm-hmm. but fortunately the majority of the people that I've gotten to work with who were in this game before I was, in reality, paved the way for me to be here because when I came on board doing voiceovers, there weren't very many. African-American women doing Mm. voiceovers. So once a director or a studio found you, they're like, oh my God, you, we need you. Whenever (laughs) we do a black girl or a little black boy or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever it is, and they call you. So now working with someone like Tawny who gives so much, I love actors who love making the person they're working with in the scene shine. You know what I mean? And if everybody's doing that, then everybody gets lifted. The scenes move and fly and it's and it's magic. Even when we're not in the room together, when you know that person's spirit and energy, you want to give them everything you have. So they have something to work off of when it's their turn on the mic. And Tawny's like that. So. uh, Oh, thanks. The scenes we get to play. uh, And in, in all honesty, my relationship with my mom when I would have been Mariner's age was not so great. So Mm -hmm. I know that combative push, pull, and you love each other, but I really don't like you right now (laughs) kind of a thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, Is is real for me. So getting to play that with her as the captain is doubly great because captains are supposed to have all the answers. We're supposed to be effective and efficient. And everyone on this ship, everyone on Lower Decks, everyone on the Cerritos is so totally flawed. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and it's great to see that side. So yeah, Yeah. as mom mama Freeman, I love it. I do. And we also think that moms are supposed to have all the answers. When you're growing up, you you just assume that these, these people that are taking care of you they're defining your world. And and so when you start to see them as human beings, it's a real head trip because when, when it starts, when you start to come into your own as a person and you realize, oh no, this person's a person too. I thought, I thought it was always going to be that they would know what to tell me. Um, Stephanie, as the parent of a performer, were you on board with Tony's choices from the beginning? Did you did you need to like take some time with it? Were you were you worried? What 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 was that journey like for you watching her start her career? I guess I would have to say from the beginning, you know, was I on board? I mean, Tony was not when she was a, a little one, she wasn't the one that was gonna go out and entertain the whole room, right? Mm-hmm. But I think we can both trace it back and we I think Tony's talked about this before, was doing um, a couple plays in like grade school or something. And all of a sudden it, you know, the fire kind of, you know, <laughs> caught with her. She always did piano and dance and, you know, all of that stuff. And um, it caught with me too. I was like, okay, this is it. And as she pursued the arts and, you know, all music, I mean, 
I, I could bore you guys to tears with all the creative stuff. And I have no idea where she got it. But so, you know, I, there's just as she grew up and kept, you know, pursuing the arts, I was like, is it going to be your thing? You know, is, are you going to stick with it? Are you going to love it? So whatever, if she would have decided to do whatever, I'd have been on board with her, you know, right. because I just she's that kind of person where she goes, I'm going to do this. And she just does it even when she was younger. So, yeah, I was definitely on board and I'm having any even from, you know, those early years of, you know, performing in whatever, you know, high school or even junior high or, you know, the college. I've always just loved it. I mean, it's just been so much fun. And I, I yeah. anyway, I've. There's a lot I can say. <laughs> no, you're you've always been super supportive and you watch everything, which is so cool because, um, yeah, no one in our family. I have maybe one uncle or maybe an right. aunt or two who sings like nobody's really um, I don't come from a long line of performers. So it was really great mm -hmm. having me support. either. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me either. I was the only one in my house. I have a quick question. Did your mom <laughs> true ever give you the when are you going to get a real job? Uh, speech? No. Never, because she always Never. had to have a real job, and she was like, I don't want you to have to do this. <laughs> <laughs> I never got it either. Her whole life, she's like, no, if you can make this work another way. <laughs> right, right. Dawn, you said you never got it either? I never got that speech either, but what I did get, I was, I was the kid that liked to imitate people mm. and do all kinds of great mm. accents when I was very small. Oh, and my grandmother fun. used to say, you need to stop doing that to your voice because one day it's going to get stuck. And little did she know that I was going to make money, yay, pay my mortgage, yay, yes. doing all the crazy voices that she said, stop <laughs> doing that. And, oh, ah. How fun. Yeah. I never heard the 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 aural equivalent of it's going to get stuck that way. I only ever heard about <laughs> yes, making faces. Yes. It never right. never occurred to me to, to attach it to voices as well. I think it applies to anything when you have an annoying child. It applies to anything. <laughs> when you have an annoying child. <laughs> when you have an annoying child, it's like, oh my God, stop chewing like that or you'll do that in public and never get a job. It's like, no, okay. That's a very specific book that needs to be written for new parents. How to, ra how to raise an annoying child. That's right. <laughs> now, uh, Stephanie, I have to ask about the rodeo. I have to ask oh my about, God. about the horses, this is about... I have to ask about it. Paul has been waiting for this moment. I'm fascinated <laughs> by met. it. For people that don't know, Tawny, Tawny grew up uh, around horses. She did horse stuff. She competed in events. Horse stuff. I don't know. I don't know all the proper terms. I just know I have a picture in my mind of little cowgirl Tawny. <laughs> I know she had a horse named Barb. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So I, wh how old was she when she started getting into uh, riding? Was it around nine or 10, Tony? I don't I, remember. I don't know. I feel like it's <laughs> always been. I mean, so it was, it's a progression when you know, when you decide. I grew up around horses to a certain extent, always had a love. Um, never owned my own because, you know, that, that just didn't ever work out. So it was always going to be, I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. um, so there was always that, oh, let me come over to you, you know, when she was young, let me go over to my friend's house who has horses so we can go, you know. And then it was like, okay, I'm doing this. We're, we're going to do this. And I can't remember exact age, but probably um, probably nine or ten maybe when we actually. Ten sounds right, yeah. Ten's good, yeah. So probably when we decided to move to property, had a little, you know, a little uh, ranch, got our own horses just kind of dove into the whole thing. Um, and, you know, it's probably, like I said, probably around 10, but 
we did, we went all in. <laughs> and what, what were some of the events? Oh, so when you say rodeo, you're talking about like, you're talking about Jim Connor and, and, um, she, she, okay, sorry. She, um, Tony participated in, did you, I'm sorry, um, Stephanie, did you say Jim Cotta? Jim Connor. It's, oh, okay. it's, it's, the types of, of little events that she would participate in. Right. And we would load up horses, put them in the horse trailer, go over to the local, you know, event, you know, place. And she'd run barrels and she'd run poles where she, <laughs> you know, the horses going, have you seen the dog agility um, little things? Like you see yes. the Indeed border I have. collies going in and out of poles. Okay. So you do that with horses too. And, and um, gosh, what else, Tony? Uh, barrels. Uh, we did a lot of team penning. Yeah, team. Pe oh, well, we did the T. Okay, Paul. Now you're getting. Now you're getting serious. <laughs> Stephanie, you ride as well. Oh yes, ma'am. So Tawny and I were a team, and we did team penning together. Which is now here's the fun, son. You get on your horse, and you go chase cows around, right? So we're in. We're in a big arena, and I don't. If anybody's familiar, you you there's there's cows, right? You run in and uh, and try to cut out a particular cow, cut out meaning get this cow away from the rest of the cows. And, you know, they don't want to be away from each other. So you're, you know, trying to get these cows in the pen. And so we did, we did all of that together. There was a local uh, people that we knew that, that just had <laughs> Friday night, you know, events. And so we just <laughs> load just, these horses wait, up in the- Just some people that you knew that had yes, Friday just, night yeah. events. Okay. This was like, Instead of going to like a, you know, some kids do soccer, right? And then I guess right. on a Friday afternoon or something, you all go and watch the kids play soccer. There was a lady we knew who had a little arena, and she did team penning, and you paid like two dollars a, a game or whatever. Wow. And then you know, so she made a little money, and then we got to like give her cows a workout. I don't really know what else was in it for her. <laughs> and were there? I love it. Are there ribbons? Are there trophies? Things like that? You yeah, because they're timed events, and so you'd get ribbons, and yeah, it was kind of like a. It was sort of like a friendly, you know, when you get people together and play like baseball together, like a rec mm -hmm. league. Mm -hmm. It's like a rec league for a kind of a rodeo event. <laughs> I love it. We're more like family than you know. Yeah. I started learning how to ride when I was eight years old. Oh, at I love oh wow. Camp. But I was born and raised in Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn, so there were no horses. So I got no horse <laughs> to train with Barbie. That was, that, yeah, no. I had to wait till the summer when I went to camp. And get back up on a horse. But I kept riding horses even when I got older. Wow. And have you ever heard of the Bill Pickett Rodeo? Oh, yes. Oh, Bill with yeah. the black cowboys. Yep. At yeah. I ride in the Bill Pickett Rodeo. So I actually have a belt for Stop. team penning. Wow. Yes. Well, our team, yeah. we, we won team penning. I would ride in the opening parade in the in the rodeo. And real cowboys like Glenn Turman and James yeah. Pickens yeah. Jr. and Oba Babatunde. All of them ride for real. And Glenn owns horses. So I would go up to Glenn's ranch and ride with him, et cetera. So see, we're, we're here. Yep. yep. We're here. Mother, mother, daughter, yep. for real. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> My mom won't ride a horse without her purse. <laughs> she'll come. My mom is not doing team petting, okay? My mom, she'll come with me out to Glenn's house and say, okay, mom, we're going for a ride. She's My mom is this little Caribbean woman. Wait one minute. Just let me get my purse. Me gonna, me gonna come and ride too. It's like, ma, you don't need your purse. 
to get up on the horse. I've never seen anyone with a purse True on story. a horse. Oh True God, story. Not even my the mom queen. is like, no, no. She's like, just give me one second, get my purse, and I gonna come ride with you too. I was like, all right. Oh all right. I guess God. we're we're walking today, guys. If mom's coming, awesome. we're gonna be walking. She's That's yeah. awesome. Oh, yeah. Fun. There'll be no running today. Yeah. So Don, in addition to you playing an iconic Trek captain, you have an early love of Trek. Um, I'd love to know, we ask people on this show, what was their first contact with Trek? What was the first time you encountered it? My first contact was with the original series with William Shatner, Leonard Nimoy, and a woman who became such an amazing inspiration for me was Nichelle Nichols. I'd never seen, it was her and Diane Carroll. That was mm. it who I saw women, brown-skinned women, actually on television. I'd seen Lean Lena Horne or Dorothy Dandridge, et cetera, in, in movies. But as far as TV series go, it was it was her, it was Leslie Uggams, mm-hmm. had a, mm-hmm. ver, a ver, variety show. Yeah. So when Star Trek first came on, I think I was maybe six or five, and my mom uh, used to work. Now she went. She worked during the day and went to school at night. So the woman that lived in the apartment upstairs from us would watch. I have three brothers. We're supposed to watch us while mom was out at night. So we had supposed to have the TV off, in bed, getting ready for school. So, of course, Star Trek came on after that time was supposed to happen. So we would sit. We would pull blankets and sheets over us to make a tent over our television. And we had a huge television a 10 inch black and white baby it was a 10 inch black and white it was ginormous so we would huddle around the tv put the blankets over us and keep the volume just loud enough for us to hear it so we could watch star trek and then we would hear the broom on the floor above us turn that off i hear you downstairs so we would risk getting spankings in order to watch star trek i have watched every star trek machination ever since then the day i got to meet nichelle nichols wow that was that was everything for me and uh, then late later met may jameson the first wow. african-american woman to go into space she was mm-hmm. guest starring on some ep- episode i think it was deep deep space nine mm-hmm. or some something and they were I shooting on the TNG. same lot maybe she was was in it both. the next generation or both but they were shooting on the same lot as we were. So I popped over to the set because it was always my secret passion to be some kind of alien. Yeah. I wanted the, the everything. Mm-hmm. I wanted to wear four inch heel boots to be tall. I wanted to be a Klingon or Romulan or something. And yeah. uh, that never happened. So being Captain Freeman is coming full circle for me. Is awesome. I am so I'm beyond thrilled. Oh. So no, Star Trek has been a part of me from day one. I love it. I love, I mean, speaking for myself, I love when a fan gets to be part of the thing they're a fan of. <laughs> yes. Just, oh, it's so cool. Now, Stephanie, what was your first contact with Star Trek? <sighs> you know, I'm pretty old, so I can't quite remember. <laughs> um, um, I, I, I've been thinking about this because I've listened, obviously, to the podcast, and I, I, I knew that I was going to get asked this question. And I thought that I could tell Tawny not to ask it, but then it came from you, so that's no good. Um, let's see. Um, so, so I didn't know. I'm sorry, I didn't know you had any um, un- unapproved topics, Mom. Your publicist didn't tell me. Oh, I have many. See my see my people about that. Stephanie, um, your publicist okay. really dropped the ball on this one. Yes, apparently. Yeah. Um, she's she's a little dog locked up in the bedroom back there. That's who that is. 
So it really is, though, seriously thinking about this, we had one TV in our house, too. And if the adults didn't want to watch something, we <laughs> we were like, all right, well, we didn't get to watch it. And so um, I don't think my parents were much, uh, you know, real fans of anything um, sci-fi, anything science fiction. I don't know where I got my love for it because I love all things science fiction. But so... I don't even remember when it came on. I don't know if I got into the original series in reruns back then. You couldn't, of course, just call them up anytime you wanted to see them. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, it was probably some reruns or or whatever. But I think my if you want to see what was like the thing that grabbed me about Star Trek was not only seeing those few uh, um, original series that I loved, you know, especially like the um, we talked. It was so funny. I heard on your the last podcast about the Gorn head and all that. So funny. <laughs> right. But anyway, so those, those ones, you know, with the really the funny aliens that you were just going, wow, that really isn't anyway, <laughs> you know, it's just so funny. But I think next gen was the thing that just like, just grabbed me and everything mm-hmm. about next gen. And what I loved about next gen was that it, it harkened back to the, to the um, original series so much that it made me go search out, you know, mm. the original series that they were oh, wow. referencing to. So I, I kind of went backwards at it, if you want to, mm. if you will. I kind of mm-hmm. went sure, yeah. back to the original backwards from the from Next Gen because, yeah. I mean, come on, Next Gen was like, it was huge. So, yeah, so it was just huge. And so everything was so, it was just so cool. That was the thing which really sucked me into the whole Star Trek universe was yeah. probably Next Gen. And then, of course, everything else. But that's way too much information. <laughs> <laughs> You know, one of the things that keeps me engaged is the hope that this is what life can be and cultural interaction can Mm -hmm. be because Star Trek had everybody. You had Asian, Latino, European, Black, white, male, female. Everybody had an importance. Everybody had a role. Everybody was included. And that that's what the future could look like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. still, that's one of the things I love about mm-hmm. science fiction and particularly Star Trek, where mm-hmm. they put all kinds of races from other planets. It doesn't presume that human beings are the be-all and end-all. It doesn't presume that we know all that there is to know, but we have respect for and engagement with people in, from completely different solar systems that know things that we don't know. Right. And we combine right. our science, we, we combine our philosophies to have a united federation understanding about how we can all get along and mm-hmm. work together, or if we're going to fight, how we're going to fight, and what are, what are the rules of mm-hmm. engagement, et cetera. All of those things were just so hopeful mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. me and uh, still are hopeful to me yeah. that we can, we can do better to figure things out and get to that kind of a place in this one little planet that, you know, billions of us share, but mm-hmm. can't seem how to figure out how to cooperate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I hope so. Yeah. Did either of you ever see yourself in, I mean, Dawn, you mentioned uh, Lieutenant Uhura. Did you, did you see yourself as Lieutenant Uhura or were you a little too young for that? Like maybe when TNG came around, did you see yourself in any of those characters? No, no, just an, an alien. I just wanted to be there. I wanted <laughs> you to just be wanted there. to be there. Yeah. I just wanted to be there. I when it. I saw Lieutenant Uhura, in all honesty, I thought she was physically just gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought she was beautiful and she was sexy without trying to be sexy. 
that little mini skirt and those <laughs> knee-high boots. And whenever she was at the comm, her legs were crossed and you saw all that thigh. And she was talking to people from other planets and other <laughs> ships. And and when it came time to fight, she was just as badass as Captain Kirk. She right. could hold her, her own. And I just, I saw someone that encouraged me to be like an exciting little girl to mm-hmm. go out and not care that all I had was brothers. It's like, if y'all are going, I'm going. If yeah. y'all are fighting, I'm fighting. <laughs> if y'all are running, I'm running and I'm going to keep up. She made me believe I could keep up. Yeah, that's a good point about a lot of the series. Like, there's never a sense that, like, the women have to stay home and, like, mind the ship while the boys go on yes. the ship. You know, oh, I just yeah. watched Chain of Command the other day and Beverly's in her little black jumpsuit, you know, (laughs) dropping little force field grenades and, you know, doing all kinds of stuff. So And handling it. Yes. Mm -hmm. And she looked like me, which Mm -hmm. made me feel like, okay, I'm I could be I didn't I never thought of myself as attractive or pretty. I never did. And I still challenge with that. But that's my own personal thing. But seeing an image like that made me feel like I could belong and I belong somewhere. Even if it's in the future, I belong somewhere. But right now I'm going to work with what I got. And Mm. she's a badass. I can be a badass too. And it's Mm -hmm. okay. And whoever doesn't like it, what did we used to say? If you don't like it, lump it. (laughs) 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 Those kinds of things, you know? But uh, yeah, (laughs) that was what I thought when I Mm -hmm. saw her and saw Mad Sinclair as one of the first female captains, but the first African-American, I think, female captain. Mm -hmm. I may be second as Captain Freeman. You know what I mean? But all of that was, that was what I got from it. Not that I really saw myself in the Federation, but uh, like I said, I just wanted to be an alien. Just put a prosthetic (laughs) on me and some funky teeth. I'll go. I'll go. Give me some forehead plastic. Give me some forehead plastic. I'll be there. I have to ask Stephanie about uh, Enterprise. Yes. I-, I believe you texted Tawny recently that you just completed your fourth Enterprise watch through, that you oh, would watch yeah. the entire se- <laughs> That's like Jesus. Oh, probably yeah. four. Of the original? The series Enterprise. The series the Enterprise. Enterprise. Yeah. Oh, the series Enterprise. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah probably and that, four. And is that, would you say that is your favorite of the franchise, that series? Other than lower text, of course, now a lower text. This is not a trick question. I do have to tell the listeners she is sitting in front of a lower decks uh, from the from the promo kits, the premiere kits. She has it displayed behind her. That does not normally that's appear correct. in your house like that. You're doing it for our benefit, but um, oh, yeah, no, that's that's uh, not necessarily the case. Um, it is displayed in my office. I just have it displayed at a different place now. <laughs> But it's so always on that, display. It's always that on lower decks kit is always displayed, um, <laughs> just because it's as cool as cool can be. But um, so yes, Paul, I love Enterprise. I think it. If you if you have to say from other than uh, lower decks, and I gotta I gotta tell you that I'm loving I'm loving Discovery too. Um, oh, awesome. so Oh. Loving Me it. Too. So, and, and I'm, too. and I'm just, I'm always wanting to talk to Tawny about it, but so, um, yes, I love enterprise. I think it before lower decks and enterprise, I mean, lower decks and discovery, probably enterprise was, um, what you could call it my, my favorite. There's a ton of stuff I love about enterprise. Um, first Scott Bakula, um, 
<laughs> you know, mm, that's not hard to love, right? But um, I think the thing I love about enterprise, if you really want to know, and here I go talking about it, is the fact that it's so far before everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like throwback. Every single episode is throwback. It's a throwback, right? Because mm-hmm. it's it's the beginning, and so you really do see the beginning when we jumped into original series. And then of course, later when we jumped into next gen, there was all these things that had already been established and you just accepted them like, ah, the Federation is the thing. But with enterprise, it's like, you're going back and seeing the origin of it. And you're seeing the struggle that you're seeing a, a ship going through what it, what now would be Federation space without the Federation rules. And they're making it up you know, as they go and they're breaking mm-hmm. rules. And, and so that's kind of what I love is the throwback aspect of it. And the, the, what do you call it? The backstory, not the backstory, but like prequel. I think that's what you call it in the industry. Whatever. Yeah, and it's kind of, it's the origin story. Mm-hmm. Kind it's of the of, origin. Yeah. Of the and, Federation. Um, and I love that. I mean, like, think about it. They're sitting there going, I'm not getting in that transporter thing. That thing is going to kill me. You know, <laughs> I'm not doing it. So they're taking shuttles everywhere and they're, right. yeah. they're launching the shuttle with a, with a great big, like, I don't know, launcher thing. It's not just like the shuttle is taken <laughs> off out of the bay. And it's it was so different from all yeah. the other stuff. It was yeah. less sci-fi and more kind of boots on the ground kind of thing, if mm-hmm. you will. You know, it was it was like they were, it was like they were, it was looked just like a Navy ship, you know, yeah. where, I, I don't know. That's, I just love the nostalgia-ish of it. And so, and yes, sure. I will rewatch series over and over and over again. So yeah, not just, not just that one. I've been watching a few more episodes of Enterprise now. And uh, the more I watch it, the more I see, I kind of see a, a, a T'Pol analog for you a little bit. Like, I, I, I don't T'Pol. know if you identify with her. And I know that she is a challenging character for some people. But um, aside from you being like emotionless, that's not how you are at all. But <laughs> there's kind of a sense of like, you know, uh, I don't know, being thrown in the middle of, you know, like kind of a very male space or yep. like a very kind of like tough guy type space and like making your way and growing up. That's very much how I how I saw you. And yeah. so it's interesting watching watching a character like to Paul, because I'm like, oh, I wonder if this is why my mom likes it so much, because she kind of identifies with her. Well, I love I, I love the character to Paul. She's one of my favorite um, just because of who she is. Not only like this, I'm going to be like that perfect, perfect Vulcan. And then you see the cracks, you know, you start to see the cracks, especially as you get into her addiction and things like that. And so, you know, you start to see her like, you know, you see the chinks in the armor and in what you look at her and go, this is the most emotionless, you know, like, oh, I mean, even her face, I mean, so fun. Her face is just like, it's a blank she doesn't even, I mean, you talk about showing no emotion. I mean, just, I love that character. And yeah, you're right. It's kind of like here she is in the midst of this, gets thrown into something where she's not even really part of the team, but you know what I mean? Because she's outside of the, 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 the true crew. She's an observer. So she's really an outsider having to go in and still fight with loyalty. Am I loyal to, to Vulcan High Commander? Am I loyal to Captain... That kind of stuff. It's like, who am I loyal to, and how do I walk that line? How do I how do I dance on both sides of that loyalty without just completely losing myself? And anyway, that's kind of deep. But yeah, I love that character. Yeah. I love her, and having so much more knowledge about the galaxy than they do. So it's an interesting right. fish out of water story where right. you're not used to your surroundings, you're not used to the Federation, you're not used to humans, but you know more than them about right. outer space because you've been there more. Right. 
And she's trying to teach them without being just by the um, very fact that she's Vulcan. They're already saying, you're just a know-it-all, you know, just because that's how the relationship was in that series at that time. So she's trying to teach them and, and expand their knowledge without being the, you know, see, I told you so kind of person, you know. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's interesting. I'm sorry, Don, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, listening to you describe her, she sounds so much like the type of character that Michelle Yeoh plays on Discovery. Exactly. Where she's not a member of the crew, but you know she has a dark side. Right. But yet she always seems so emotionless until you see the cracks and chinks right. in her armor of what she really cares about. And then in her behavior, what she demonstrates, who she's willing to sacrifice herself for and go into battle for, which you wouldn't think because you didn't think she listened or cared about anything other than her um, self. So that's an interesting through line that they kind of find a way to integrate from series to Mm -hmm. series. You know what I mean? Yeah, I didn't put that together until now. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't put it together until now. It's also interesting that, you know, what what you all are are describing about this character and given the time frame in which it takes place that this is a character uh of a, a, a woman who has to take uh the most shit of any woman in any star trek series by virtue of when it is set and it's the closest to our our contemporary society where she has to walk this line mm-hmm. she has to not make the men feel uncomfortable she has to even though she knows more about them than something she can't she's she's constantly you know at risk of uh someone telling her she doesn't know what she's talking about when she does know what she's talking about Mm -hmm. and it could only happen on that particular series because everything else is so aspirational that even i mean tos has like a little bit of a little bit of you know the sexism of the 60s uh from from uh you know time to time but after like from TNG on it, it definitely gets much more aspirational we're all equals you mm-hmm. know all that right. stuff but Great. enterprise right. is just like who's this broad right. <laughs> that thinks she can and- talk to us this way <laughs> she doesn't know what she's talking about yeah and not only a woman but a completely different race and so yes. and different and, yes. and they were coming right. in the vulcans were coming in you know kind of keeping the Federation down, or actually it wasn't even the Federation at the time. It was the space program or whatever, keeping them down because they were like, don't move too fast. Don't, (laughs) you know, don't kind of like that person that tells you when you're really going for something and they go, don't try too hard. You don't want to be disappointed. You know? And so I love that. I love that everybody on that ship, including to Paul goes at, at, at a point where everybody goes, Forget them knuckleheads. We're we're gonna we're gonna do this because we know we can do this. Mm-hmm. And even even right. she comes along not too long afterwards and says, "Yeah, these guys can do this." You know, mm-hmm. we need to stop. Mm-hmm. Really, it was all about them. You know, kind of keeping them right. slowed down. Don't t- go. You know that whole don't go too fast. Don't show too much passion. Don't you know? And yeah. and mm-hmm. the guys on the Enterprise are like, "Yahoo, we're going, dude!" <laughs> you know, they're just like they're cowboys. I mean, it's it's just a funny. It's just a funny, like. I don't now know. Anyway. I get the association. Okay, it oh, all yeah, yeah. comes because they're kind it of all comes full feeling. circle. <laughs> don't think they ride horses, though. <laughs> Don, I would love to hear. I'm sure you've done this in countless press opportunities, but uh, uh, for our podcast, I'd love to hear how the audition came about for Captain Freeman. Did you seek this project out? Did it just come across your desk? How did how did it go no. down? I was. Uh, like many of us who do animation, you spend lots of weeks not working 
until they call you in for this episode or that episode. So it was one of those seasons of of unengagement when you get the call from your agent. I like that. It's not unemployment. It's unengagement. Unengagement. When you get that, you know, email from your agent that says, okay, they're casting for this. This is the breakdown. Please send in your, you know, take on this character. And they were saying it's some kind of sci-fi animation, but all of the characters were animals. In the script that I got. And I think that the what? captain was like like Captain McQuack or oh. something like that. Or Captain Chicken. It was some kind of foul creature. They really captain went wild Chicken. with the code names for all yes. of us. I think we all had different code. No, they didn't do that for me. Mine just had different human names and the genders okay, no. were all switched mine around. Had, mine had some kind of foul Chicken McQuack or some kind of something. So awesome. I submit... I, I submit, you know, you read the copy, you had to sign an NDA, and I'm like, okay, whatever. So you sign the NDA, you 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 do your best impression. I was doing my best Captain Kirk impression. <laughs> <laughs> Captain oh. Captain Kirk meets Avery. Uh, Avery was which which machination was Avery? A- Avery Brooks was what? Avery Brooks was Cisco D- DS9. Yes. Yeah. DS9, right? D D D Space Nine, right? So it was a combination of Avery because he had his little swagger, kind of like shaft mm-hmm. swagger about <laughs> him as being captain. And Captain Kirk just took himself way too seriously all the time. So my Captain Freeman was a blend of both of them. And you send it off and you go, okay, next. And you wait for the next email. Then I got a call back. It's like, oh, okay, cool. So now you go and you're in the studio and there were like two. 12 people in the booth waiting for this callback. I was like, this is a lot for a little animation job. Okay, fine. So now you're being directed and they're saying, do this more intensely and do this with more levity. And da-da-da. So you go through the whole thing and they go, okay, thank you so much. All right, bye. Okay, bye. (laughs) And you leave and then you get the email. Hey, you booked it. Really? Cool. Love it. And this is what it is. I'm sorry, what? This is a new animated Star Trek series. I'm sorry, what? Wait, so Say you huh? were doing Kirk and Cisco without knowing this was Trek? Without knowing this was wow. Trek. And then we got to the table read. And you remember how full that room was, how many people came to our first table read. And I met you and Jack and... You know, there are different people who I'd work with before, but it was so at that point I was over the moon. And if wow. you remember, my mom came with me yeah. to the table read. She was visiting. My mom lives in Georgia and she was visiting me here in L.A. at, at the time. And she sat right in the front row. The producers put her right in the front. <laughs> oh, that's cool. that's the mom, mama seat. <laughs> mama seat is right in the front row. Purse on the lap. Purse on the lap. And you have to tell mom, okay, mom, don't record this. Because my mom will sit there. She'll sit there and record it. <laughs> Mom, that's a no-no. You can't do that. It's why I can't record it. I want to go home and and, and tell Enid and, and Trudy and Ting and Bob and Johnny and, and all of them about what you're doing. Because me and I going to understand when I get back home. It's like, Ma, you can't record it, okay? Just turn your phone. In fact, just turn it off. Just turn your phone off. So the table read was hilarious. And it wasn't until, like, you know, the week or so before when we had to do the deal memos and everything that it was clear to me what it was I had actually just booked. Had no idea. And I couldn't be more thrilled. (laughs) Couldn't be more thrilled. That is incredible. I didn't know that part of the story. I didn't know that you didn't know all the way up. Had no idea. There was so... (laughs) 
Yeah, there were so many stories of those of us not knowing exactly what the roles were or what. I I think it's cool that we all just got such incredible surprises with this. Like, what a great (laughs) surprise for all of us. Um, So, Don, your nerd cred is uh, unrivaled. It is outstanding. In your career, (laughs) the amount of, like, beloved nerd properties that you've appeared in. I'm just going to go through a couple. Um, Am I going to say it right? Aurora Monroe? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Is that Storm's legal name is yeah. that storm's legal. given name that's her, gov- given, that's her given government name. name that is that's that's her her, her government name but folk in the hood call her storm okay okay so we know her as yes. storm from x-men you've done this voice at least three times at uh, least la barbara conrad on futurama oh right and all the video la barbara too. right la barbara sorry la barbara mm-hmm um, and you're one of the trolls in the Tenth Kingdom. These are I am, really? I'm These are beloved wart. properties. Oh. I am blabberwort in the Tenth Kingdom. <laughs> Do you gravitate towards these types of things because you have an interest in like kind of nerd sci-fi fantasy stuff, or do, do the jobs just come how they come? The jobs come how they come, and I am fortunate that I am what they are looking for at the time. And uh, again, like I said, uh, being one of a handful of us African-American women in this voiceover game, people know your name. And mm. uh, sometimes people call and say, can we get Dawn Lewis to do this? Dawn, are you interested? Or I don't know if you've ever experienced this where you get a breakdown and they say, we want a Tawny Newsome type mm. or a Dawn Lewis type. Mm. And it's like, what in the world? Just call Tawny. Mm. What in the world? Just a Tawny <laughs> Newsome type? A friend sent one to me once that said that that I didn't get to audition for. She was like, I'm auditioning for you. And it's it like, said, just hire type, Tawny, but no one just called me. call her. Just call I was her. in a period of unengagement. <laughs> An unengagement. <laughs> you, you were also ready and available to be engaged. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's so, so funny. No, those, the, the gigs come. Every now and then I get requested. Uh, other times I present myself just like, you know, we often do audition mm-hmm. and you happen to be the one that they choose and the 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 10th kingdom i had no idea no idea so that was the closest wow. i ever came to being an alien <laughs> was i was a six foot three troll with these five foot five inch <laughs> six inch platform boots i had to wear to be tall i was basically the troll smurfette because i was the only <laughs> female troll oh, that's so funny. i was the only female troll and a troll princess. And they actually sent me my costume oh. because I loved it so much. So they, <laughs> this is, this is okay, tricky, folk are tricky. They put my costume in a suitcase and sent it through the airplane as lost luggage so they wouldn't have to pay for what? freight or for customs. Uh, <laughs> what? Folk are tricky. So I have the boots, the pants, the belt, the wig, the big red hair. And wow. the thing, and uh, we got there in the first three days were just prosthetics. Oh, wow. Mm. Figuring out foreheads and noses yeah. and ears. And I had to wear false teeth. The guys just wore false uppers, but I had to wear uppers and lowers. They said, no, your teeth still look too pretty. We got we to funk them up. So we, I had a mom. So I was talking like, nice, I couldn't bring my teeth together to speak. So, yeah. I'm yeah. positive that's why all the Klingons sound the way they do. Absolutely. Talk I, wouldn't around those Absolutely. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. And Don, I wanted to say that, uh, you know, in terms of your voice acting, what, what I think a lot of people don't know is that the voiceover uh, 
community is a it's tough to get into. Mm-hmm. It's e- a little bit easier now, but not much. But at the time yeah. when you started doing voiceover, it was a very closed circle. Like it was really hard to break into that. It was like the same eight people did all the voices for everything. Everything. And yeah. It, to get your foot in that door is no, it's no mean feat. And so that you have made such an amazing uh, uh, career in that field is you're truly a pioneer and it deserves to Thank be said, you. you know, it's like, it's, it's hard, that. it's hard. And so it's, uh, it's, it's great to hear your story. And, and uh, I know that it is inspiring to uh, a lot of other people who, who want to do that kind of work. I really appreciate that. Um, my first one was 1987. Oh my God! Forget about I it. Say, like that. No, was... no, 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 no. A different. No, no, no. A different world started in 87. Right. My first voiceover gig, I think, was 90. It was three years later. Later, 990 or 91. Yeah. And when we were doing a different world in our third season, I want to say second or third season, uh, we had some additions to the cast. And one of those additions was Cree Summer. Mm-hmm. And Cree came mm-hmm. down from Canada. And that was, she was one of the first voiceover actors that I'd really become engaged with. Cree was doing Animaniacs, Warner Brothers, mm-hmm. I mean, just all kinds of stuff. So she was one of those African-American women that was in that very small circle. Yeah, yeah she My played very, Elmira in, in uh, yes. Tiny Tunes. Tiny, the little Tiny girl. Tunes, exactly. Oh, I love exactly. that. Yep. So um, my first gig, there was a woman named Suzanne DePass uh, that used to work. She was one of the executive at Motown that was credited for discovering Michael Jackson and the Jackson 5. So Suzanne was going into management and she and I had met at some gala, something that I was performing at, that I sang at, and she was interested in managing me. So she got approached to be the producer of this new TV series for Kid and Play. I don't know if you remember that years ago. So she called me and asked me, had I ever done animation? I had never done animation before ever, but she was looking to get engaged with me for us to start working together. So I'm doing now the kid and play cartoon imitating (laughs) my niece. My niece is straight from Brooklyn and she talks just like this. And that was how my character talks. And I made so much money imitating my niece. She hates it. She's like, Auntie, you owe me money. Money. You owe me money for imitating my voice. And that was my first voiceover gig. And then the wow. director of that said, Oh my God, who's this new new girl? And so then I got booked to do this thing called A Cool Like That Christmas, starring myself and Whoopi Goldberg and Boys to Men and all these other amazing actors. And it just went from there, word of mouth. I was now the new kid mm. on, on, on the block. Yeah. So by word <laughs> of awesome. mouth, I got called from one gig. Can you get the girl who did this? Can you get her who did that? I didn't even have an agent wow. my first couple of years during doing voiceover. Mm. It was total freelance. Yeah. And then finally got an agent who allowed me to freelance. (laughs) Um, They only got paid for the things that they booked me Mm -hmm. for. And if I got called directly, they didn't commission it. And so after working with them for almost two years like that, I said, you know what? You guys have been really good to me. And I signed with them and I've been with them ever since. Mm. Um, Wow. So this is, you know, 28 years with with, with the same voiceover. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Congrats. So I do animation and commercials mm-hmm. with them. Mm-hmm. Like I was the voice of Wells Fargo for like four and a half years or show <laughs> show time and sunny, sunny delight <laughs> and Pringles. So, you know, I love it. I want some orange juice, some crackers and some banking right now. <laughs> right now. 
just from right listening now. to you. I'm like, I want to go to the bank. I did voiceover for the purple stuff. It was not as successful. Ah, there you go. <laughs> not as successful as campaign. But purple yeah, sauce, so <laughs> good joke, Paul. Is it's been it's been a blessing, and I got to tell you, during this crazy time that we're in the midst of now, it's one of the few jobs mm-hmm. that you can do mm-hmm. in the privacy if they if if they are mm-hmm. able. They can set up a little studio for you in your yeah. house mm-hmm. and you can record from home. The recording studios, once they open back up, have made it very safe for us to come back to work, you know, with sanit- sanitizing protocols and only one person in the building at a, at a time. And you're directed remotely, all those kinds of things. Um, mm-hmm. Because when everything shut down, I was doing a Broadway show. Wow. And Yeah. I was doing Tina, the Tina Turner musical. Wow. Mm-hmm. On broad Broadway. And Broadway will not likely reopen until next yeah. summer or maybe the fall. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So there's That's that'll tough. be a year and a half by the time a majority of live performers will get to go back to mm-hmm. work. And that's so hard. Yeah. It is yeah. so hard. And they are yeah. so amazingly talented. So to have this option, you know, to do animation mm-hmm. and, you know, to keep things moving and you know poss- possibilities for us to re- remain engaged <laughs> mm-hmm. i'm just grateful i really am grateful yeah, yeah same sure and speaking of broadway i mean don you know you sing i sing uh noelle wells who plays tendy she has a beautiful voice she's a yes. recording artist herself paul sings <laughs> uh eugene can hold a tune i bet jack could sing if we taught it to him with we a need really a heavy back. Come on. We should do. We, we have to do episode. a musical episode. Lower I agree. Lower the musical. <laughs> now, I know Mike McMahon is self-professed. Like, I think he always says, I'm an idiot about music. I know nothing about it. But I'm like, I'll help you, dog. <laughs> I know how we'll to write do it. it. We'll Just write ask it. Us. We'll help you. We'll write yeah. it. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. That was we'll one of my favorite out. episodes, actually. F episode four. It was so funny because I got to pretend not to know how to sing. Uh-uh. Oh, remember for the, vessel, for yeah, the, we get the some scooby Yeah. We were cracking up. That was so much fun. That yeah. was so much fun. All right. So, Mike, if you're listening to this, more music. music. More, <laughs> more music. We have to do the look. It would be hilarious. Yes. Beckett. Beckett uh-huh. and Carol mm-hmm. going at it in song. <laughs> Battling. I do want this cabaret show. Beckett I want and Carol. <laughs> I want Beckett and Carol. Yes, in song. Yes. Or we um, have to do the musical episode where everyone sings like like it's a little operetta a little musical. Yes, I would love that so much. Look, if right, Rex well, Harrison can do it, we can Re- do it. <laughs> yeah. Rex Harrison couldn't sing a note, and he did what five musical movies, <laughs> My Fair Lady, and. You know, Camelot and everything there we else. Go. If he can do it, we can do it. I would love to hear Jerry O'Connell doing a little Rex Harrison. <laughs> Stephanie, do you sing? Um, I like to think I can. Um, I Here's what I do. So every time Tawny <laughs> releases something new, mm-hmm. I always find her part and I sing her part. So if you put on anything from Four Lost Souls to the, to the new uh, Material Flats, I, you will hear me singing... Tawny's part because I can follow her because I know, right. you know, you know your kid's voice no matter what, right? Yes. You can hear mm-hmm. it. She used to sing in different choral groups and everything. And I could always pick her out, even though the voices were beautifully blended and everything. I could always pick her out. Mm-hmm. And so what I do is I, I sing whatever Tawny's singing <laughs> in 
because I'm like, I yeah. can do that because I can follow that. So <laughs> if you put on a, a song I know, I can sing it, but I'm not, I'm not out there trying to sing anything because right. it would be not. <laughs> In fact, the funny thing is her husband caught me. Tawny's husband caught me. They were, this was years ago. Remember this T? So he's, I can't remember what happened, but I had your, I had, it was Four Lost Souls. It must've been Four Lost Souls. And I had it playing in the house. And I remember I'm singing, I'm just singing at the top of my lungs. <laughs> Nate comes around the corner and he's just laughing. He's like, are you singing Tommy's part only? And I'm like, yes, yes, that's all I can do. I didn't I'm know certainly not going to sing Bethany's part. You know, it's, it's, I don't, it just, yeah, I'll sing whatever oh, she's singing. Cool. And I, and, and I, and I try to, I try to, you know, pretend that I'm, I don't know, her or close to her or something. I don't know. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> there was always a lot of music on in the house. So oh, yeah. That's where I, I get that. it. So, Don, it's been um, a little bit since the show's been out. Have you had any fun interactions with fans that that you want to tell us about? I've had fans send all kinds of comments and memes already. <laughs> um uh, about all kinds of different episodes. For some reason, they like it when we use pr- profanity. And one of the episodes was um, like, I guess we're in this season now of where we're supposed to care about our fellow man. And there was that one episode we did where we were contemplating blowing up this planet in order to save the rest of the galaxy. And one of my lines was, we were fighting so hard to like, how do we save this planet and save the civilization? Only to find out that there were only two inhabitants right? of the entire planet. <laughs> and and so we're going back and forth and we're like, do I blow it up? No, no, no. And he lets it slip that it's only him and his wife who live there. <laughs> and I'm like, there are only two blinking people on the whole blinking planet. Blast it! I think it! he answers, yeah. I think he goes, yeah, yeah we're rich. <laughs> yeah, we're rich. Okay, blast it! So people love that. They love, they love our relationship. They love episodes mm-hmm. when you and I get to go at it and, <laughs> and then kind of make up and see. I've had people talk about how it helps them learn how to communicate with their young child or their younger daughter. Or this is how I can talk to my mom. Or now I understand, okay, they, she has responsibilities that I don't have. So let me not be so hard on my mom. Those kinds of things. Uh, People are really, really talking about how exciting it is to see people of color in, in positions of power and leadership mm. and uh you know and a couple of comments where oh my god Jaleesa's the captain <laughs> <laughs> she's not Jaleesa people she has I'm a, not long Jaleesa, a long career <laughs> she's done a lot but, but for some people that's their absolute favorite it's like oh my god Jaleesa's the captain um but uh no no so that's I get cool. all kinds of it's all great I got one recently that uh, was a, eh, that wasn't so great, was I guess they're looking for the right catchphrase for each of us as captains to have mm-hmm. for when we want to give a <laughs> command. And on Discovery, it was Saru's turn, and it was just awful. So somehow <laughs> so I got funny. roped into Saru, where um, they said his isn't working and mine wasn't any better. The warp me. Mm. It's like, nah, nah, nah. We like Picard. Engage. And whatever else he says. It's like, yeah, Warp Me wasn't working. And uh, whatever Saru used wasn't working. Uh, So I need y'all, the writers. All I can do 
is what they write for me to do, people. <laughs> well, that's not true. Stuff. As someone who uh, says about well, that's that's you're right because we ad lib a lot. <laughs> we ad lib a lot in the show. I know I do. They're <laughs> like, okay, I, I guess we keep it in. That was funny. What what, what 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 you did is better than what we wrote. We're keeping. I know, it. but my favorite is when Mike writes a perfectly good line, and I do it three or four times. And then he goes, "Now just say whatever you want. Just say whatever you would say." And then he goes, "Brad, circle that one." And I'm like, "Your circle line was good. Thing. Why are you bummed?" <laughs> but no, the Ugh. fans are so loving the show. It is amazing how so many of the fans have so much specific information about mm-hmm. the franchise, mm-hmm. and they don't miss a beat at all. Mm-mm. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And how they connect the dots between this series and that series. And this is authentic and that's not authentic. And I mean, all kinds of of things. And uh, to watch them be so engaged and invested uh, is really, really an honor. So, you know, when those kinds of fans have specific complimentary things to say or, or point out specific things that for maybe us was just a story point. Mm-hmm. But for them, it's like it's 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 a logic. It's part of the logic curve. It's part of the real world that is ent- enterprise. I think that that is a huge compliment that says mm-hmm. um, kudos to the writers mm-hmm. and the producers and the animators and the musicians, the composers and our insanely talented cast that we are not disappointing, that we mm-hmm. are making our mark and we are fitting in. And it really is an honor. Yeah. It really is. Speaking of honors, it was an honor to talk to both of you today. Thank you so much for joining us. Stephanie and Don, this has been so Wait, much Wait, no, fun. I'm not done. <laughs> no, I'm not done. Tawny. Uh-oh. Tawny. Yes. Which mama do you like better? Oh, no. <laughs> what are you doing oh, to no. me? Oh, no. What are you doing to me? Don, you're breaking up. I'm sorry. I'm you're breaking up. <laughs> Yeah, the Zoom seems to have uh, <laughs> exploded. I need to hear from you. You got both your mamas. You got both your mamas right here. We need some mama comments That's right, right. <laughs> now oh from goodness. our darling mutual daughter. Yeah. I like that that both of you um, are such Trek fans so that I can talk about Star Trek and you're not looking at me like I have three heads. <laughs> so I have it, you know, I have it good. I have it good. Um, But truly, though, thank you so much, both of you, for telling us about your first experiences with Trek. Um, Really quickly, if you're going to pitch a piece of weird merch or memorabilia for Lower Decks that we haven't seen yet, what what do we got to pitch? I haven't gotten a Captain Freeman T-shirt yet. I haven't. (laughs) I've I've gotten all the other little characters. I need a Captain Freeman T-shirt. I need a Captain Freeman action doll. With yeah. her using the the battle of whatever you bat think lift. you call it. The big, the back. The yeah, battleth? Okay. Bat yes. I want one of those. I want her in a sexy pose where you see all the curves of her body and her Nancy Wilson gray streak. In her, I swear she looks like Nancy Wilson. And, and what else? What else? Okay. I, I need I need action figures for all of yeah. our characters. Mm-hmm. That would be good. Yeah, we've got our, our fan set pins, but yeah, we haven't seen like full figurines okay mm-hmm. i want a model i want like for people who like the to cerritos. put together models yeah i want a cerritos mm-hmm. model that people can put put together um jigsaw puzzles mm-hmm. <laughs> yes i want jigsaw puzzles what else what else i want a little um and i don't know how this would be maybe it's kind of like a little lego toy or like a little transformer but i want the dog you know tendies the oh, dog yes. programs 
and I want it to turn into a little cube. Yeah. Yeah. Remember that scene where the dog's walking yes. and it turns into a cube and rolls? That's one of the funniest sight gags in the whole first yeah. season. So that's what I want. So get on that merch, folks. Okay, the other thing I want, I want one of those, I want a big, huge foil piece of art. You know how they do foil art? That when you uh-huh. look at it from different angles, you see different things. So from this angle, it's the Cerritos. <laughs> and when you look at it from this angle, you see the oh, characters inside lenticular. the okay. the, yeah. the, the Cerritos, you, whatever like- you call it. Just make it. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, what's it called? Lenticular. When it's one of those one of those pictures that if you look at it from different angles, it changes. Yes. Well, I think we covered it all. Thank you again. <laughs> and socks. Thank you. We, <laughs> we almost covered it all. Socks. Now we've we need, covered it we need, all. We need, we need socks. We need we need lower deck comfy <laughs> socks. Yes. Deck and a onesie. Socks. We need okay. onesies. <laughs> All right, now I feel like I'm. I am I making this? Do I have to make this? I feel like you're ordering from me. We need we need onesies. All right, well I'll get to work on that. Uh, I better go. I have a lot to do. Um, truly though, thank you so much, Dawn. Um, thanks to my mom. Thanks to you, Paul. Thanks to everyone here for chatting with us today. Live long and prosper, everybody. Live long and prosper. My absolute pleasure. My absolute pleasure. It's a pleasure to meet you, Stephanie. You too. It's been an honor. Thank you so much. Well, there you go. That's our Mother's Day treat for all the listeners. Would you do it again? Of course, yes. My mom is delightful, and I just, I needed to prepare myself for how I was going to feel about it. But no, especially with Trek, she's such a she's such an expert about it. She's an expert about a, a couple other fandoms, too, that I don't know as much about. So I don't know, maybe if she hosts like a, a Marvel podcast, I could be a guest and just be like, what's going on here? Um, <laughs> but no, she she loves it, and she was great. And so was Dawn. Um, Dawn did give me shit at the end of uh, this recording about not talking enough. And it's uh, because we all just kind of want to sit and bask in in the event that is Don Lewis. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, why would you talk? Yeah. There's no need. No, there's no need. There's no need. Um, <laughs> well, obviously, I, I, you know, my mother was not a Star Trek fan and she's also dead. So we can't do mm. an episode <laughs> With me, but but would you? <laughs> I would. Yes. Would you is the question. Yeah. Okay. Good. It actually you would, would be. Her to- oh, I can't even imagine. <laughs> I can't even imagine my mother watching one episode of Star Trek. I don't know if she ever. I mean, she was old enough to have to have watched it when it was first on. Um, she would have mm-hmm. been an adult, you know. So I can't. Mm-hmm. I don't know if my mother ever watched any science fiction whatsoever. Not her thing, huh? Not her. She thing. more of a fantasy head. <laughs> If it had a sword, she was on board. <laughs> Mom was real into dragons, not so much spaceships. <laughs> well, we hope everyone has a a happy Mother's Day. Um, and if for whatever reason, I always like to say this: for whatever reason, your your mom is not in the picture. I know it can be a weird day sometimes. Um, yeah. So uh, just know that you are not alone, and that uh, other people are in the same boat. And um, you know that's just life, baby. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Whatever your relationship with your mother or no relationship, we hope you have a nice day. 
I think uh, just I'm going to say for 365 of those. Have a nice day. Absolutely. 365. <laughs> Seven days a week. 52 of them babies a year. Leap year. Have a shitty day. Have one shitty day. That's not so bad. Uh, that's my cousin's birthday. So I'm going to say to her, I hope you have a good I hope you have a good day because you only get it once every four years. Boy, I really I put my great. foot in it. Look, leap year babies, obviously. Have a great birthday. The rest of your year, I hope it's shit. <laughs> Too late. This this no tap <laughs> apology is not going to cut it. You have been canceled by leap year babies. Being a human being is difficult, and I'm always learning. <laughs> <laughs> and we are always learning how to say goodbye on this podcast. So we have done that now. Thank you. Live yeah, long and lo- prosper. A lot of, uh, yeah, I echo those sentiments. Live long and prosper. <laughs> hottest show is fire country i'm not a hero i'm in orange for a reason they're taking 12 months off your sentence you're free lady with a special epic season finale now that i'm out i need something to get me up in the morning you are a firefighter used to be that will be unforgettable in the name of your life's happiness go get your girl she's getting married tomorrow says when do you let anything get in the way of what you want the fire country season finale friday 9 8 central on cbs and streaming on paramount plus